our subject this morning and this afternoon, part one and part two, Grace for Grace. Our text is found in John, the Gospel of John, chapter one, I believe, and verse 16. And of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. That's the title of our message, Grace for Grace. Turn with me to Romans chapter 5 and verse 20. Romans 5, 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abound, grace did much more abound. James. The book of James chapter 4. James chapter 4, verse 1. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lusts that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have, and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that he may consume it upon your lusts. Ye adulterers and adulteress, know ye not that the friendship of the world is imitated with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do ye think that the scriptures say in vain, The spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the poor, but giveth grace. Unto the humble, let us pray. Father, we come unto thee this morning. We ask thy guiding hand upon this, thy weak servant. We ask, Father, that you give us clarity of thought, that you remind us of the great message you place upon this servant's heart and give him the ability to deliver. Thank you, Father, for loving us. Thank you for being present this morning. In your holy and precious name we ask. Amen. Our text verse, of course, is John 1, 16, as we read. And of his fullness have all received grace for grace. Here we have an unusual phrase. What does this mean? It means that grace heapeth upon grace when ye get saved. It doesn't take you long to figure out that you need a lot of grace to live the life that God wants you to live. We've failed so many times and it seems that the grace of God runs out. We feel empty. We feel defeated. But it never runs out. God gives us grace 
heaped upon grace. He gives us grace for any task that he places upon our heart and mind. He gives us grace to perform it. Whatever we are or ever hope to be, it will happen because of God's grace heaped grace upon us. Grace is the whole principle of the New Testament Christianity. It is the universal of fallen men. Every one of us need grace. But when we think about grace, grace is unsearchable. It is past finding out. It is the reason that God would love and save an old sinner. Grace is simply amazing. You know, when we think about grace, an unmerited gift, something you didn't earn, something that some of us, we didn't even ask for, really. God says, place us under the hearing of God's word. The Holy Spirit came in and convicted us of our sins, gave us the desire to become one of God's children, and he saved us. We, because we are sinners and have a sinful nature, desire only, or deserve only hell. Every one of us in this building this morning, every person I've ever preached to, some 45, between 45 and 50 years, everyone that has ever heard my voice, everyone that has ever heard a sermon come from these lips, deserved hell. But God saved us despite ourselves. Grace heaped upon grace. It is help for the helpless. It is hope. It is hope for the hopeless. It is the healing for the wounded and scarred. It is a balm for the broken, a safety for those that are at fear. It is all you need. And I could go on and on and on. But God said in our text, you know, and of his fullness have all received and grace for grace. Just when we think there's no end, God gives us grace. He gives us a gift. He gives us. He puts somebody in our life that's able to lift us up. He puts somebody in our life that can do what we need to have done, but maybe don't know how to do it or don't have the finances to do it. God shows up in the form of another human, in the form of a human being, to give us what we need. His fullness, that is all of his graces. We think about by grace are he saved. But if you have a weakness and you've been able to overcome that weakness, God gave you grace. God gives us grace in every facet of our life if we want to. And during one of our, our consultations, we were discussing something that a person may need to do. And the nurse, who always is very silent, she takes that there, she takes the notes, she listens, and she said, you must make up your mind first. It is a mental decision first. It is a mental decision that I'm going to start praying more. It's a mental decision that I'm going to be more faithful in God's house. It is a mental decision that I'm going to do and express to others the talents that God has given to me. 
his fullness. All that ever was and all there is and all that there ever will be is all ours. But that's only part of the picture. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. See, we, if God gives us the physical health, if God gives us the mental ability, we can go out and make a lot of money. We can become influential. But we should always remember, as he said in John 1.17, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. By grace are he saved. Where did that grace come from? From Jesus Christ. Amen. What you know, what you understand, where did that come from? Jesus Christ. We should always remember. I want to just wrote down a few verses here I want to read. Just part of it. In the book of Acts, chapter 4, verse 33, says, It is great grace. Acts 13.43 says that we are to continue in grace. Acts 14.3 says we are to give testimony of that grace. Acts 15.11 says we are to, to become believers through this grace. Acts 20.32 says that we are built up by grace. Romans 1.5 says we receive grace for obedience. Romans 3.24 says we are justified by grace. Romans 5.2 says we have access to grace. Romans 5.17 says we have an abundance of grace. And Romans 5.21 says grace can reign in our lives for righteousness. And that's just a few. And you look at the concordance and you get numbers of these. But I think that we sometimes underestimate this gift of grace and what it is and what it can be. God said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 10, I want us to see this one. 1 Corinthians, as we look at God's word and we, we see here what God does for us, how he takes care of us. Notice with me, 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 10. 10, God said, but by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. And when I was studying this, I looked at first part of that verse. That first part of 1 Corinthians 15, 10, when he said, But by the grace of God I am what I am, and the grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. You know, when God gives us the ability and we don't use that ability, was that grace given to us in vain? I think not. But we will lose a reward because we did not Cultivate that ability that God gave us. God said in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9, God said, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
For ye know that the love, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that he through his poverty, notice, that ye through his poverty might be rich. God's Son gave it up all to come to earth in the form of a man to be just laughed at and made fun of, not followed, so that we could have what we have. You know, when I read verses like this, and I see what grace is, for ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, Yet, for your sakes, for the elect's sake, for those who are willing to hear the word and apply the word and become all they can become because of God's gift, would have never took place if he had became poor that we may become wealthy. But the wealthiest man in the world is a man who knows for sure he's going to glory. That man who knows that when I die, I'm going to enter glory. Not hope so, think so, no so. Because of what he did, I shall live forever in glory. Still in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, just turn over a few pages. Chapter 12 and verse 9, Paul says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. Why? For my strength is made perfect in weakness. It's sometimes when we get our weakest, we become our closer, closest to God. When we are on our back and look up, it's when we are the closest to God. God makes it clear. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. I mean, we need to be honest. When we're well, when there's no problems at all in our life, our prayer life usually is not near as strong. Our thankfulness for what we have, our thankfulness for our health, but when we lose it, And God allows us to be on our knees so we can look up. Then grace becomes something precious to us. Becomes precious. We should always remember that grace is sufficient. Grace is sufficient. God said in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7. You know, when we... Look at God's word, and we see here in the first chapter of the book of Ephesians, God said this, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of his sins, according to what? According to the riches of his grace. I said, well, I'm so thankful that I decided one day I didn't want to go to hell. I decided I want to be saved. Who worked on your decider? Who changed your thinking? What did God have to do to some of us? 
to get our attitude different. Well, God said, in whom we have redemption through the blood. In other words, it was through the blood of Jesus Christ that he redeemed us. And the word redeem is to be brought out, bought out of slavery. We were enslaved to sin. Sin was our master. Through grace, God redeemed us, paid the payment of the blood of his son. You know, we never are without hope when we're saved. When we know Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are never out of hope. Because God tells us, God tells us, you know, that Second Thessalonians 2.16 tells us that grace is our good hope. You know why? Grace from God never runs out. Our money runs out. Our health runs out. Our ability to think runs out. God's grace never, never, never runs out. And we sometimes forget about that. We don't understand that. But in the book of Galatians, chapter 1 and verse 6, Paul said, what? He says here in Galatians, chapter 1, and verse 6, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Now, let's just not change the meaning, but let's, let's read it this way. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into his favor. You know, when God gives grace to you, he's showing favor to you. I was a sinner. I was lost. I was on my way to hell. And by grace, I am saved. By grace, I was saved. And by grace, I will continue to be saved. But God showed favor to me. Have you ever thought, why did God save me? I've said many a time, when I look at my life and I look at my ups and downs, I said, you know, if I was God, I'd probably never have saved me. It was a favor. That's what grace is. I mean, you know, if I give Brother Steve a gift, what have I given him? I've given him a favor. I could tuck that gift and give it to anybody. But I gave it to him. God took the gift of grace. And that's what grace is. It's a gift. You can't earn it. It's a gift from God. So God tells us that grace, grace saves us. Grace saves us. Paul said grace is sufficient. Second Thessalonians 2.16 says that grace is our good hope. Titus 3, 7, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. See, notice what Titus said. And being justified by his grace, 
by his good favor, by what he did. See, I am what I am because of him. I'm not what I am because of what I did or what I do or what I keep doing. It was God that initiated my salvation and he gave me his grace. By grace are he saved. Through faith. Not of yourselves as a gift of God. So look at Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. When we look at this uh, portion of Scripture, and we see here in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse <coughs> here in Hebrews 4.16, God says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that ye may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Boldly. I've shared with you this little thing, but it's, it's perfect. I was in the study when my study was with the library, and Gabe was about five, six years old. And everybody knew I was in there praying or studying or whatever. And Gabe went to the... To the uh, study door and somebody said your daddy's busy and Jay being Jay looked up and said it's my daddy it's my daddy that's what God said let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace I can go before God and ask for favor because he's my daddy Abba Father, my daddy. He chose me. Do we feel that way? Well, I don't. I know I know I need to go to God in prayer, and I need I, I know I need to ask him for this, but I feel so unworthy. There's never was a time in your saved life that you were worthy to approach the throne of grace. So he says, come boldly. Come boldly. Let us therefore come boldly. And the key word in this verse is therefore. Because of what he's done, because of the gift he's given us, let us therefore. We don't have to hesitate. He said, but I've got sin in my life. You were a depraved sinner when God chose you. And the body is still sin. See, still in the book of Hebrews, we go over to verse, uh, chapter 13 and verse 9. Notice with me. Hebrews 13 and verse 9, God says here, Be not carried away with divers and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace. You know what established? I'm well established. In other words, my business is doing well. Everybody knows me. Everybody knows I do good work or whatever. We are established. Therefore, I'm not going to be carried away with all of these divers and, and strange doctrines. 
For it is good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats, not which have not profit them that have been occupied therein. We have an altar, wherefore they have no right to eat which serve the tabernacle. We can boldly come before God because who we are in Him. First Peter chapter 1 verse 2 teaches us that grace supplies knows with me. Just one, one verse here. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 2 said, Elected according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Favor be unto you. Gifts be unto you. Why? Because I was elected according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. There's not a thing in my life that shocked God. He knows what I'm... It doesn't mean he approves it. It doesn't mean he... We don't break fellowship. But he knows. He knows. And you know what really amazes me? He knows all about me. He knows whether I'm going to be faithful tomorrow, whether I'm going to be unfaithful tomorrow, but he still loves me today. Think about that a moment. He knows exactly what I'm going to do tomorrow. And he still loves me. Still in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 10. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 10, but the God of all grace, oh, I love this verse, who have called us unto his eternal glory by Jesus Christ, after that he have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle in you. Amen. It's finished. I'm settled. No. <laughs> It's not like going to buy a car, you know, and you're not quite sure, and they begin, well, I'll do this, and I'll do that, and, you know. No. God is pleased. You know why? Because he did it all. His son did it all. And then he gave me grace to receive it. Salvation is of the Lord because of grace. You know, Second Peter chapter three, verse eighteen. I mean, we could picked out the scripture after scripture, but he says here in in Second Peter chapter three and verse eighteen, he said, "But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever." Let's look at this verse. But grow in grace. How do you grow in grace? You use the grace that God gives you. He says, and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, the more you know about him, the more you appreciate his gifts. 
That's why that when you have children, you understand your parents a lot better. You know, I had no idea. My son told me a few weeks ago, he said, I would have been a different child if I knew what I knew now. I would. See, so God said, but grow in grace. Don't be satisfied with just being saved. See, it concerns me whether a person is truly saved, and I know I'm not God and you want to stand before for me, but it, it concerns me as a pastor, as your friend, that when people are satisfied, says being saved. Because God says, grow in grace. Use what God has given you. And you know what he'll do? He'll give you more. He'll give you more. And the more you use, the more he gives. And the more he gives, the more you know, I am what I am by the grace of God. With those things for an introduction, We're going to preach the sermon this afternoon. Grace is enough to save any sinner.